0: Welcome one, welcome all to the Simple Politics Podcast. I'm Kobe, your host and political minnow. And today I'm joined, as always, I should say, by our political maestros, Diane and Tatton. How are you guys?
1: Very well, thank you. I thought we were going to be political jaws or something there for a minute because of the yeah, minnows. Minnows. <laughs>
2: yeah. minnows. I mean, minnows. The only time you hear about minnows is like in the FA Cup, isn't it? Like the minnows are turning fishing, up. Fishing,
1: surely. Yeah, but I
2: mean, f- I mean, fishing. So 1960s, right? <laughs> Although, so is the FA Cup, to be fair. Um, <laughs>
0: is it-
2: I, li- I like to alienate most of the audience before we start a
0: podcast. So, hi everybody. Are you not happy with the adage of, uh, of maestros? In this, in this I don't case? know what maestro is. So, well, it's a, you know a good thing. <laughs> 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 How's this week been for you? <laughs> been so awful. Oh no, busy Mm. and awful.
2: And like, what, like our job, our job, Diana and me sit in front of the news all day, every day. Don't get me wrong for a second, I wouldn't change for the world. I love SP, I love what we do. But it's so unrelentingly bleak. Mm. Like, you're watching children, like over and over and over again, children crying outside hospitals because you know, I ju- I'm just sad about my mum was a line that was around today. Yeah. Like, what do you do with that? And yes, these, they, you know, people have been sad about their mums in Palestine and Yemen and in Syria and Afghanistan and in you know, the Uyghur Muslims or whatever. Like they, they, This isn't a new thing, but to be so constantly in our faces and inescapable,
0: it's, it's hard.
1: Mm-hmm. its
0: it, It's hard. Well, with that, guys, should we head to the main bulk of the podcast? Yes, please. Starting off with the popularity contest. Each week we go through last week's most popular posts in reverse order. What's been happening this week, guys? Uh, Diane, let's head to you first.
1: Yeah, so, you know, as we said, there's absolutely tons of news and information about Ukraine, but actually our top three posts aren't about the invasion of Ukraine at all. Um, In at number three on Tuesday, it was International Women's Day. So what we've done for the past couple of years, and Charlotte put this together, was uh, looked at some key dates for women in the UK. Not all dates, can't get everything in one of our little bijou posts, but we looked at some important <laughs> dates. <laughs> bijou posts? They are bijou, they are. Bijou posts. <laughs> anyway, so we looked at some landmark dates from uh, women's rights in the UK in one of our posts. and. Um, as ever with these, they really do hit home high recent, some of the changes were. So just to pick, like, pick one that stands out for me, of 1986 that um, statutory maternity pay was introduced, that hits home for me because for my mum, she wouldn't have got that for any of us. So for any of me, my brother or my sister. So when you think of that, that's only literally one generation ago. It's really hits home high these changes really didn't happen that long ago. And one of the other great things that happened on Tuesday was that on Twitter, there was um, a gender paybot account. Um, so any company that posted and said, Oh, we're, um, you know, celebrating hashtag international women's day. They called them out if they actually had pay disparities themselves still within the company. And, um, some companies had to actually then delete their original posts (laughs) um, because (laughs) they were like, oops, yes, we better do something about that first. So that was a really great thing that happened on Tuesday too.
0: Yeah, I, I loved that. That was, that's genius. I, <laughs> I love the antics people can get up to with, with a bit of coding and uh, a um illusionary intent, I guess, is 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 the phrase creativity. there.
2: creativity. Mm. It's just thinking about it.
0: Like next year,
2: there'll be loads of them. Next year, like, you know, the BBC will be doing it or whatever. But this year, these two and the two ladies behind it came out today or yesterday or whenever it was and were saying, this was us. Um, but they hadn't announced they were gonna do it beforehand. They just pitched up, they had the idea, they did the research, they put the coding code in, in, in place, and and it was really interesting and it revealed a lot about a lot of companies and said a lot about a lot of things. It was a fascinating project and people are great. I love people. <laughs> okay, over to you, Tatum. What was the second most popular post? The second most popular post uh, is a post about John Burko. And I'm going to say this just really clearly. A report came out. It said he's a serial liar. He's a serial bully. And if he were an MP still, he should be booted out of the House of Parliament. Mm. They can't do that to him because he's not an MP. But they can say he can never have a parliamentary pass, which means he can't become a member of the House of Lords. And basically every previous speaker for the last seven million years has always become a member of the House of Lords, and he's always been a bit up to about it. And I have to, the reason I have to be quite controlled is I, I worked at Parliament for three years and everybody knew, everybody knew that that man was a bully and mm. a liar. Everybody knew it. I, you know, like, so, so I was in the education service and occasionally would kind of deliver groups of school children around to, for whatever competition they'd won for the speaker to come and kind of like an audience with the speaker. And there would be like a, like a nice buffet and whatever, just kind of nice things out and the speaker would go and make his speech and be nice to the children. That that was the event. I mean, that's how all these events have worked for the history of time. But his staff were just terrified of him. Always. I saw him, I saw a member of his staff get something wrong and him shout at her, her, 22-year-old, 23-year-old, and make her cry. And he stormed, he stropped off, leaving her in tears. And everybody knew and there was a few, like, I never know. I didn't sign a specific non-disclosure agreement. I never thought about whistleblowing. I never know what I should have done or what I could have done differently at the time or whatever. But it makes me very, very pleased that this report has come out and called him out and said really clearly. And his response is brilliant. His response was genuinely, I never asked for parliamentary pass. I did want one anyway. didn't want one. Like, what well, you didn't, I didn't, do like, mm-hmm. You were desperate for a peerage. Instead of, I'm sorry. At least, yeah, like, still yeah. just kind of, still, still trying to bully, still trying to the big man bullying.
0: And this, this, it's quite interesting that we've had this in the in the wake of Me Too, which has kind of focused itself on the entertainment industry. Um, And this this kind of story happening time and time again. Um, mm-hmm. In this case, it, it, I, I'm not sure but the ins and outs. It doesn't seem as it's um, controlling this diverted specifically at women or in sexual, sexual abuse and things like that? Not sexual specifically, but hmm. the
2: three, con- the, 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 there were three complainants whose complaints were upheld. Every one of whose complaints were upheld. And they were yeah. all very senior. Yeah. None of the junior people who were subject to sort of daily bullying and harassment. And I don't think it was sexual. Like I mean, I certainly no. never saw anything sexual, but, but a lot of people on that side of, like the visitor assistants, the, 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 the kind of, that level of role was predominantly young and female,
0: mm-hmm.
2: even if it didn't have to be, just that that's how it was at, yeah. at the time, 2008, 2011. And none of the complaints in this case were from those junior level people who I saw being down who I spoke to my immediate superiors about, and they basically went, yeah, you know, he's the Speaker of the House of Commons. Who do you complain to? You complain to the Speaker of the House of Commons. Like, he's he's the guy. He's the guy who does all this stuff. Yeah, And there were things going on in the background, I'm sure. So it was processes as well as... There was processes that allowed them to get away with it. But the people whose complaints were upheld were senior people. And I, they have to be there in place of the people who then moved on and got another job somewhere else. And,
0: you know... I think the... Yeah, I mean, the where I was going with this is um one of the most recent people who was revealed to be a bully in the entertainment industry with no clark director um, mm. for a, a, a range of popular films and i know people got a, a bunch of my friends work um in in the film industry and a lot of people knew a lot about Noel clark before that came to light and uh, with weinstein a lot of people knew a lot about Weinstein before that came out and it's what hopefully at some point there'll be a tipping point where the people who know stuff are able to divulge that they know stuff and they're taken seriously from the get go. And it doesn't, it doesn't take a big thing like this to make it happen. It should just be, yeah. yeah and there's a lot of directors I know at the moment who, if it comes news tomorrow, I'll be like, yeah, yeah, about time. Cause a lot of people have bad things to say about a lot of people in the, in the film and entertainment industry. And I'm sure that reaches to a lot of politics. I'm sure it reaches to a lot of boardrooms and I'm sure it reaches to a lot of the world and it needs, it needs to stop. There's no, there's no space for it. Yeah. Sorry, on that, on that uh, grandstanding, let's head to the number one most popular post.
1: So uh, the most popular post, literally, as we are recording this, we only put up this afternoon, but it's gone quite wild, this post, which is a quote from Martin Lewis, who you might know money-saving expert. and um, He's mm-hmm. the guy who everyone gets on all the programs or, or TV, radio, whatever, um, when we need to know stuff about how to have a cheaper heating bill or how to switch credit cards or all that kind of thing. He's like the guru for all that stuff. And he is not known for being particularly political or anything like that, but he made a, a point today, which was, and he was talking to Radio 4, that he doesn't want the story to be... And he's worried that it is heading in this direction, slightly, the narrative that, um, oh, we've all got to, you know, kind of have this war spirit and scrimp a bit and make do because of what's happening in Ukraine. Because his point is a lot of the stuff that was wrong with or going in the wrong direction with cost of living was actually happening before Ukraine. Um, Yeah. And he wants that to, to be really clear. And that resonated with a lot of people. You know, we're talking like over 25,000 likes and climbing on that post. So that seems to have really struck a chord that says, you know, l- let's not forget there were issues here and, you know, blame it all on, oh, the war's, you know, fueling food prices. Mm, you know, there was some stuff here before. So, Yeah.
0: We've we've talked about this in a few different episodes mm. about the impending rise and the audacity almost that the blame is going to be put squarely on Ukraine. Obviously, it's going to be exacerbated as a result of the conflict there. But yeah, the, the audacity that it's like, guys, look over there. It's, I mean, it's, you it's, would, wouldn't you? Mm.
2: You would, you would say, well, Ukraine. So Ukraine hasn't helped this, is it? And like, you, you don't, ha- you don't have to do very much. Well, because you don't have to say outright because of Ukraine, it's this, and that's what most is calling out. Yeah. Just a bit of, well, no, you, you, now that Ukraine's happened, mm. now the, now Russia's. Oh, that's all you need to say. And everyone goes, oh yeah, of course, of course, didn't they have a lot of grain there. That a lot, didn't they have a lot of wheat or something there in Ukraine. Mm. So probably that would and the, and the energy. So we've got to push it up. And it's all about suggestions, all about selling things. But um, we can talk much more about this next week because um, we've got Rishi Sunak himself standing up for his spring statement Ooh. in a couple of weeks' time. And we're going to talk about that in much more detail next week. Sunak's yes. so spring statement.
0: Sunak, yeah. spring
2: statement, yes. <laughs> you got to get your excitement where you can. Right, <laughs> But Diane's going to come to her own next week because Diane
0: is like, finance and knows money and stuff
1: Tell that's my bank manager <laughs>
0: <laughs> before we head to the next section though i do um recommend going on to money seven expert website it has it has helped me out in, in the past and um if there's anyone who's keep looking out for the smaller person in, in this world at this time when it comes to the cost of living increase then martin and, and his team can certainly um give you as much advice as possible at this time
2: it does seem it does seem and i don't know anything about this world but it does seem like he's a genuine force for good Mm. like and that website is genuinely impartial looking at good stuff now you know it might turn out tomorrow that he's you know whatever but for for, for where i am that's that that that, it looks all all good and Mm. you know like i started following that website when it was about restaurant deals they had like they did vouchers they had all the best places to, you know, if you want to get a pizza hut or, or whatever, then it was 50% off on money saving expert it was always, it was always how I got into it. And then, yeah. Exploded from there.
0: Yeah. With that guys, let's head to the Wednesday debates. So every week you guys set the readers a debate topic and this week is about, uh, for what, if any historical acts, should the government apologize, uh, Tatten. Right. So the whole witchcraft thing, it was, um, really rubbish
2: okay <laughs> it was just a really bad thing and it was really sanctioned like loads of people are like yeah no she's a witch that's killer Um, which is not good and everyone knows it's not good in fact there's a new BBC2 sitcom about it uh, mm-hmm. featuring Tim Key who's one of my favorite people in the indeed, world indeed yeah but there's been a big campaign to get Nicola Sturgeon to say sorry to the 4,000 Scots most of whom Obviously, women who are accused of breaking the Witchcraft Act. I mean, just the words "witchcraft" as someone know, who followed the House I of know. Commons and House of, <laughs> the Witchcraft Act. What? Shut yeah. up! And like loads of people were killed, and and, and so Nicholas Sturgeon stood up and said, "Sorry, I'm really sorry that we did this. We should. Well, this is wrong, and we shouldn't have done it." Remember, done take over.
1: Yeah. Um. So that's exactly what we asked readers if the you know if there was one thing the government could or should apologize for or not what would it be and it i have to say it was a real 50/50 split on this to be honest um there were people who very much had things they want to see apologies for and some who didn't so if i take you through some of the real frequent ones that came up in terms of things people would like apologies for so colonialism, Ireland in general. Handling of the pandemic came up quite a few times, even though that's very recent history. The war in Iraq. These are things that, you know, kept coming up with some frequency as we went through. But there were another whole, whole chunk and raft who said, no, no apologies. So it might be good to cover some of those.
2: I think it's interesting that you used the phrase chunk and raft. Mm. Uh, yeah. I think that's, uh, that's something my... you should think about apologizing. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> apologizing. Uh, for...
1: you, you can't say it, so no.
0: <laughs> okay. Chunk and rafts. What kind of comments were we getting in this segment, in this way that you alluded to, Dan?
1: Yeah. So um, we've got one Alpine Star Hero said, we, we shouldn't apologize, but we should teach how it was wrong and why. So s- slight nuance difference. Um, mm. uh, you know, and. He goes on to say, we can't apologize for the actions of other people.
0: I mean, when, when, when you, when your kid or someone, you know, does something wrong, this could be a nightclub, it could be a supermarket, the cans fall down. Do you not apologize and say that? I'm sorry. I kind of understand what they're saying, but at the same time, I feel you can apologize for the people if you are in a position to do so. But imagine the different world you're living in
2: where the witchcraft act doesn't mm. sound nonsense. Like the witch the, the 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 persecution of people who were labeled witches is awful, but it's also the product of so many other awful things at the time. It feels slightly spurious, possibly, to pick one thing out. Or maybe not, or maybe it's because that's enough, because because that was the peak of it. And so we'll apologize just for just for the peak. For the peak of it. Like, but Mm. where do you... We have done something so horrific, so frequently through our history. You don't have to go back very far. In theory, do I think I mean, I apologize for everything. I apologize Mm. if someone bumps into me. Right? I apologize for my existence time and time and time and time again. I believe in saying, sorry if we've done the wrong thing. Mm. But choosing which wrong thing and, you know, like the the people on our page have been suggesting that the handling of the pandemic might be something to apologise for. And that, there is an inquiry, it's going to start quite soon into that. And like maybe I don't think it will happen, but maybe Boris Johnson will apologise or something there for, if the inquiry says whatever. But if you start going back even 20, 30, 40, 50 years, oh my goodness, the stuff that we've done that's wrong. Mm. Mm. And and if it's a lot further go than that, the stuff that happened to anyone that wasn't rich white old men and even some stuff that did happen to rich white old men right like i don't know i like it, it, this feels such an, impos- an impossible question to me because we've done so much bad stuff <laughs> and we should say sorry but also where do you start
0: well i think you can start somewhere can't you you can start somewhere and I think this is the latest, this witchcraft one is the latest in, in the places to go to. And I'm sure there'll be, you know, other apologies made in the next coming weeks, months, decades, century, millennia. I quite, I, th- I quite like the Alpine star hero. I, I get the sentiment of they shouldn't apologize, but just teach why, why it wrong. And I think that that's the crux of it is teaching why that thing was wrong and saying, we'll never do it again. But I think acknowledging that I think is, is the key thing. And maybe, Maybe using the term apology is what's where people are stumbling over. That the specific word apology is where people is where people are, are causing um mm. having issues with. Will Mac
2: underscore zero zero says that history is something we learn from. The sins of the father are not our own to bear. Guilt isn't productive. Apologies are much less significant than impactful change. And you gotta go, yeah, fair point. Like I spend my life being racked with guilt about everything. It doesn't help. It's about moving on. And history is something we learn from. So maybe it shouldn't be about apologising for individual things, apologising for those peaks. Mm. It should be about learning from the mountain underneath them and moving forward to not be so
0: rubbish.
1: Hi, everybody. My name's Helen.
0: And I'm Kobe.
1: And we're from Watcher, a podcast in the Strip Media family.
0: We are a movie podcast, and we review films that are just on Netflix in the UK.
1: So, if you've ever
2: struggled to find a film on Netflix to watch, we're the podcast for you.
0: We have guests on from other podcasts, big and small, just like these guys that you listen to now. They choose the films, and we rate them and discuss them with our unique scoring system.
1: You can find FlixWatcher on any podcast app by searching FlixWatcher. That's F. L I X Watcher.
0: And if you want more information about any of the other podcasts in the Strip Media family, just visit www.stripped.media to find out more. Let's head on to bills, bills, bills. In this section, we look at a bill that's going through Parliament in the next week. What is going on next week, Tatum? Right. So it's quite a week in terms of bills in the
2: Commons, and there's going to be a short section. Because sure. uh, I want to talk about one bill and one bill only, and it's a private members bill. A private members bill comes from people who aren't the government, so a regular MP who's not in the cabinet or the government. They can be conservative, but they're not in that specific group. And this is uh, Rosie Cooper MP, and the bill is to say that British Sign Language is an actual language; it's a recognised language, and it's now got government backing this bill. And on Friday. This bill will finish its Commons journey and will start its Lords journey, and it will complete its Lords journey before the Queen's speech in May. Which means that this spring or this early summer, British Sign Language will be an official
0: language in England, Wales, Scotland. And that's great. What significance does that have as a, as an official language? Can you explain what what benefits that has that they wouldn't have? They doesn't have at the moment.
1: So what it'll mean is government departments will ensure that they use it appropriately, that they um, promote it. There'll be more interpreters. Um, So it's going to have a knock on impact for just it being more accessible. Um, And I know like many people, if you're a Strictly fan and followed Rose and Giovanni this year, that was a standout moment that really did bring um, BSL into the limelight this year, particularly. so I know that this bill has got absolutely heaps of impetus behind it. Mm. And um, yeah, it's a really good thing.
2: It's the perfect private members bill. It's a single issue. Private members bill can't be wide ranging. They can't be like the police and crime and sentencing in courts bill. They've like one specific thing and it kind of captures what people want. And then if the, the, the government can easily get these things through. And it just... There's no, or at least I haven't heard. I'm sure there are some breaking, compelling arguments against. I haven't had a single compelling argument against. So should British sign language be a language? Yep. Okay, cool.
0: Let's do that. I think it's one of those, one of those things where people think, oh, it's it's not already. Okay. Well, yeah, it should be. Done. Um, but what, yeah, what I'm hoping for is that it means it's more readily taught in at least a basic level in schools. Mm -hmm. It's a shame. I think it's really bad. I don't know how to sign my name. In, in BSL. I don't know the letters. It'd be, it'd be, and this is the kind of thing as a, in primary school, I think you should be teaching kids at a basic level to understand these things and and to read them. I think hopefully that's permeates uh, all levels. Okay. Well, let's head on to random choice. We can go anywhere in this section. Diane, where do you want to go?
1: Okay. Well, the world is our oyster, but we have gone for energy. <laughs> <And we're- laughs> Was. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> let me just explain why. So this week, Kozy Korteng announced that we're going to phase out Russian oil imports, which was no surprise, but we're going to do this by the end of this year. The reason right. why it's not sooner is we've got to give the markets time to settle and we've got to basically think about backfilling you know that bit of demand although apparently those russian imports only make up about 8% of uk demand so we're not talking you know masses of high dependency but boris johnson does want to go further and um, there's talk that probably next week he's going to set out an even bigger plan about us being almost self more self-sufficient when it comes to energy and there are various ways that he could look at doing that
0: I'm <laughs> interested to see where it's going to go sorry mm-hmm. well I mean the, the,
2: the, the there are options about onshore wind mm-hmm. which has which has been banned for a while because it's yep. it's it, it's ugly and there's o- options about um, more nuclear mm-hmm. which is um Keir Starmer stood at PMQ and said the Labour Party is a pro-nuclear party. Which wasn't a change, but mm. it was a change of emphasis, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, they, 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 they haven't said we're against nuclear power. Obviously, nuclear weapons is a big change in the Labour yeah. Party, but but nuclear power... Yeah. But more immediately, the argument is about fracking and and North Sea. I mean, we could get some more from the North Sea. The problem is... Talking about how we get more oil just isn't a great game in a world of a climate emergency. So the, the only real answer here is to reduce our reliance on oil.
0: Mm. Mm. Absolutely. But
2: that, again, is a massively long-term game. Like, like, So Labor's plan to insulate all homes is a 10-year plan,
1: Yeah,
2: right? And that is a getting it done, investing money, getting people out there, getting it done, 10 years. And we don't want to be reliant on Russian oil for ten more years. We're sanctioning you, but hold on a minute. Just hold on a minute. Keep giving it to us for a little bit for ten years, because that that doesn't doesn't work. So fracking is seen as a possible new game because it's been deeply unpopular because because where fracking happens in America, they do loads of fracking. They do they loads. Love they yeah, lo- they, they love do. their fracking. Yeah. But they've also got really big empty spaces
1: mm.
2: where fracking is possible. yeah And in the UK we don't have really big empty spaces. We've got some spaces next to villages and some spaces next to towns and it might it's possible. it is very, very possible that fracking is actually fine that it creates little tremors, little, little tremors in the earth a little bit.
1: Barely feel a thing.
2: No, but you don't you don't you, I mean, you know, it's like a I'm not going to make that joke. <laughs> no. It's like it's you do not feel it. Like if the tremors that are caused by fracking, like 2.8 maybe on the Richter scale, like nothing. And you do get oil from places there is no oil, and it's kind of magic and it's probably all fine. There's just it's just possible that it's not. Yeah. <laughs> and, and if it's not, you're poisoning the well and the well shouldn't be poisoned.
0: I did in my, in my former career as a, as a chemical engineer in the oil and gas industry, I did a bit of research into fracking. The long story short was obviously in terms of energy extraction. Yeah. You can get the, you can get the energy out, but the, the sh- short term is the thing about the North Sea is that it's way over there. Mm-hmm. It's over there and that's not good, but it's also like, nah. No one's gonna see it unless you've got a helicopter and you fly out to the to the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but juxtaposing having a fracking site next to someone's house, even when I say next to, within 10 miles, within mm-hmm. 20 miles, between 50 miles, is p- potentially just it's just it's just too much. At the time we don't actually need it. And even even having that as a stock gap means it's a two-year we not if if we're sanctioning fracking now, it's not gonna happen straight away. Mm. And that's not going to help this this situation at the moment. We can find alternative sources with alternative with already oil producing nations, and then reduce our re- reliance in that time. Then go out to start fracking. Mm. These earthquakes. Yeah. <laughs> you want the earthquakes? They're not. No, but they're not even earthquakes.
2: Like, <laughs> you use the term, you use the technical term earthquake. Yeah. Right. But when is an earthquake not an earthquake? When the ground doesn't move is the answer to that. Like, that's, that's, it's not an earthquake. Mm -hmm. I just, I think that the debate around this whole topic is quite toxic. And I think that it uses a lot of trigger terms on both sides. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm going to hold my hands up, I mean, you know... (laughs) Here's me wading in when you're like, uh, I, I used to know about stuff, <laughs> yes. and I'm like, well, I don't know about anything, but yeah,
1: oh I've God. done a thesis on um, fracking. I, think,
2: I just didn't tell yeah. you. <laughs> no, but but I think that I think that it's really important because again, I will back this government's right to put forward arguments that I may or may not agree with, as much as I back the opposition's right to put forward arguments I may or may not agree with. I don't think that Boris Johnson is jumping on and backing fracking, which it looks like he's going to do, because he's a total idiot who hates people, right? And there will be listeners who are like, yeah, no, he is that and does that. But there'll also be listeners who go, yeah, no, like he's our our prime minister. They are doing it because they want the best for this country. And they believe that those risks are minimal and the rewards are great.
0: And that's why they want to do it. I understand fully that, um, the, the intention behind it, my, my counter argument is, of course, if we can get energy from it, that's nice. My, my main question was, do we need it to get the energy that we need? And Mm. is it going to be quick enough to implement it to get the energy we need and our having better relations with other oil producing nations away from Russia until we reduce our reliance on hydrocarbons, I think for me is, is a quicker route. We can, turn on the other pipelines from other sources rather than look at fracking. Genuine question. Mm. If we just
2: shut off Russian oil and went to other old nations, and let's face it, some other oil-producing nations wouldn't be number one on our shopping list. No, no. How is that going to push up cost? I couldn't. Okay,
0: we'll get Martin Lewis on this week. We'll get Martin Lewis on.
1: That would be Um, nice. (laughs) (laughs)
0: I'll reach out to him.
1: I think it's worth maybe finishing by just saying that the official government position is that obviously they're still holding off of fracking, but they will look into all options. So yeah. I think it's definitely one that we'll see what happens next week.
0: On that guys, let's head to the crystal ball. So guys, crystal ball, we know the situation in Ukraine will continue unless someone wishes on a genie but what other key things do you see on the horizon next week guys Diane
1: well I just thought it'd be nice to end on a positive so one mm. positive thing that we're looking forward to for me it's Thursday if I make it to Thursday it's St. Patrick's and I will be on the Guinness and <laughs> <laughs> not available on Friday
0: <laughs> that's not a crystal ball is it that's inevitability <laughs> Saturn, what have we got in your, in your skyrocket?
2: Well, I just, I just can't believe I'm
0: saying this. Covid.
1: <laughs> what?
0: I happily
2: let it slide off because, because it was all kind of like you know going the right way, and then, um, well, there's a couple of a couple of people got it mm-hmm. like like on Twitter, you know, which is clearly quite a contagious place for it, right. and. I was looking at the data, and the data was going the wrong way. And then my uh, aunt-in-law, if that's a thing, had a wedding reception for a wedding that was like during COVID. And coming out of that, like, loads of people have picked it up. And the data's going the wrong way. And no one's getting tested. But still, with no one getting tested, the numbers are going up. Mm. Not massively, but it's the difference normally... If tests are going down by, if 10% fewer are getting tested, we'll see 12% fewer or 8% fewer get cases, right? But for the first time I've ever seen, we've seen consistently fewer tests, consistently more cases. It's as we get less and less immunity, as we get further away from the last job we've had, as people forget behavior, is less and less covered away, as all these different things, you know, and there's, it's even possible we've got a slightly different variant of Omicron at the moment, but like, you know, only a slight
0: difference. So it doesn't matter. But
2: as these things happen,
0: we're seeing the figures go up. So we need to keep an eye on that. And obviously, the news cycle can only be so full. And what's going on in Ukraine and Russia is, is at the forefront mm-hmm. of people's minds. And unfortunately, we, our minds can't take too much. But if COVID does rise, then yeah, please do. <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think, I don't think, I want to be really
2: clear. Mm-hmm. I don't think we're going to be, we're anywhere near any more being told to do anything that yeah. we have been i don't think i'm not suggesting for a second that that we're going to have lockdowns or anything like that it's just worth keeping an eye mm-hmm. on what's bubbling along because actually one piece of good news to finish on is that for the first time i think in two years or ever or whatever i saw a chart that said that covid is less fatal than flu we are now, we have an immunity to it now. Mm-hmm. We're more used to it, the strain or whatever. I mean, obviously, flu is still horrific, but it's not as bad. So it doesn't matter quite so much. If those cases keep, so, like, even if they did a massive uptick, if people then don't go to hospital because they just have covered for a few days and then get out again, then cool, man. Yeah. Like, we all get ill now and again. Doesn't really matter.
0: I mean, it's not very good for you, but we, we, we get
2: up and we carry on
0: and that was that was always the key metric is protecting the NHS and saving lives saving lives clapping on a Thursday guys thank you so much hope you've enjoyed the episode and we'll see you next week
2: thanks all bye 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 a stripped
0: media production.